We hear at the beginning of our introduction of our gospel, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As we begin to look at our scriptures very carefully, we begin to see Mark illustrate and help us understand there's some excitement and there's something joyful that I want to share with you. This joy, this excitement I'm sharing with you is because I have encountered the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that Son of God. And I'm going to tell you about it in my gospel. I'm going to write about it and articulate it for you to see. But what is interesting is how he begins. We look at the other gospel writers and they begin with Jesus' birth. We look at any uh, biography of any person. It starts about where they were born, where they grew up, how they were raised. But instead, we find what is subtle in the Gospel of St. Mark is he doesn't start that way. He doesn't start with an infancy narrative. But instead, he quotes the prophet Isaiah, prepare the way of the Lord. But if we go back, this is part of our first reading. If we go back and understand the context of Isaiah, it brings and unpacks the Gospel a little differently. If we go back to Isaiah, we come to understand and find out that they're in slavery. They're frustrated. They've been enslaved for so many years, and you keep talking about this coming of a Messiah, this Savior that is coming, but I can't see him. I can't find him. All I see with myself is slavery, is sin, is struggle, is hatred. Is we see the broken humanity. And how can you tell me the Savior is coming? I've waited. My people have left their land and have followed these prophets and have said the, the Savior is coming. But I don't see it. It helps us understand the context of our life. Do we see the Savior? Do we recognize Him? Or are we just aimlessly in our lives, wandering around, going about our day aimless without point, without a point, without a direction, without a mission? But as we continue to then jump back to the gospel reading, Mark illustrates for us, I understand these things about you. I understand that you're walking around this earth, earth aimless, pointless, without a direction, without meaning, without a purpose in life. And I'm going to tell you how you can define this purpose. I'm going to show you where it comes from because I myself have found it. I have found it in the good news, that gospel that St. Mark writes about and speaks of. I have found it in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I want to share it with you. I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to embrace what I have embraced so that you can have life and life everlasting. So then the question becomes the same thing for us. Do we want life everlasting? Do we want to be free from the chains of sin? Do we want to be free from the chains of slavery? Or are we still just sitting around aimlessly? Are we still just walking this earth without a direction, without a purpose, not knowing where we're going, and really just in life? That's fine if that's what you want. But that's not what you're meant to have. That's what you're not meant to be. 
So what is this good news? What is this gospel that St. Mark writes about? What is this thing that's going to free us from the slavery of sin? Free us from the chains of slavery? That person is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He comes to free us from sin. He comes to give us the joy, the peace, the happiness that we're meant to have. So how does that work? How does that fit in to everything that we're doing? We're awaiting his coming. Because it is through his coming that we are freed from that. It is not death that separates us from Jesus Christ anymore. Because he conquered death and has given us life. It is not that separation in this relationship anymore. But Jesus shows us how to love and be in relationship with God the Father. It is not that we walk this world aimlessly without a mission, without a direction, without a purpose anymore. But Jesus becoming man, walking this earth, shows us exactly what our purpose, our mission, our goal is. And what we are meant to do to live and be as human beings. As sons and daughters created in his image and likeness of God. But what do we have to do? St. Mark sets it up very beautifully for us. If this is what you want, prepare the way for the Lord. If you want this man, if you want what I'm about to share with you, then let us begin by preparing ourselves to receive him. Preparing ourselves to accept him in our hearts. Prepare to allow him to dwell in our hearts forever. And he uses John the Baptist to help us understand what this preparedness is. It's not to say, okay, I'm preparing. Kind of like when we cook food. Okay, I'm going to prepare dinner. But it's not to like 10 minutes before when we're going to have dinner where you start scrambling and looking through your fridge to make sure you have all your ingredients for the meal. This preparedness is an actual preparedness to prepare ourselves to set our hearts ready. He lays it out in this way. It begins with introspection. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the crooked paths. Cut down the mountains and valleys and fill them in. So how does this work? This introspection begins recognizing and looking at ourselves to ask the question, what is my relationship with God? But listen carefully, what is implies that there is an existence of a relationship. So if we don't have a relationship, why don't we have a relationship? If we have a relationship with God, what do you define it as? Do I come to God when it's convenient? Do I come to God when it's easy? Do I come nagging at him when I need something? And when I get it, I leave him alone and do my own thing and become my own God. Or do I have a relationship with him? Do I connect with him? Do I relate with him? Do I love him? Is he a crucial and important aspect of my life or is he not? which then leads us to the second component. He calls us into relationship, but that relationship changes and transforms our lives. So if I have a relationship with someone, my life is changed because of them. 
They've helped me grow. They helped me become better. They helped sanctify me. So does my relationship with God change and transform who I am? Does what he shared, what he teaches, what he's demonstrated for us become what has changed and transformed my life? Does what I say actually reflect my love of God? My favorite example I use with the kids all the time is if I tell you I love you and then within that same breath I punch you in the face, does my word and my action match with each other? Because when I leave, what happens? The person I punched in the face has a conflicting issue. When I come see Father the next time, is he going to tell me I love you and then punch me in the face again? Or even better, does Father even love me? Because if he loved me, then why did he punch me in the face? So does our faith actually transform and change our life? Has it grown within ourselves to where when we say I love you or when we say that we are Christian, our lives model and represent what those values mean? If it doesn't, then what are we doing to change that? So how are we manifesting Christ's love and Christ himself through our words, our actions, and our deeds? Because if people come to us, do they see Christ or do they see a jerk? Do they see someone who hates others, who disrespects others, who really doesn't manifest the teachings of Christ, but instead deters people, leads people astray, and pushes people away from Christ? That begins with introspection. And then we begin to see, as St. Mark describes John the Baptist, we come to understand what is important. As we begin that introspection, we have an inventory and a list of who we are, where we are, and the struggles of our life. So now in living the simplicity, we begin to purge what is unnecessary. Just like how in our own house, when there's clutter, when there's junk, we have to begin to get rid of things so that if we wanted to, have room for more junk. But in the simplicity, we get rid of the things that hinder us from really entering into Advent. These things, especially in this time right now, are material things. We begin to chase after the good deals, the gifts, the parties we go to. But are they important for us? Is that going to give us that encounter with the Savior, Jesus Christ? Is that the good news he's proclaiming? Because if we can, we can gather all these material things, we can make our house look beautiful with all the Christmas decoration, but when we walk into our house and it is filled with clutter, if it is dirty, if it's messy, then who really wants to go into that house? Who really wants to remain? Because the facade of that house is perfect. But within, it's falling apart. It's broken. It's leaky. It's disgusting. Our spiritual life can be that way. When we focus on these exterior things with our lives and really not focus on Christ himself, then everything begins to fall apart. 
People ask me all the time, Father, why can't I love my enemies? It's because you haven't loved yourself enough to see Christ in and through you to then be able to see Christ in and through others. So how is Christ going to come and dwell within our lives if we don't even have room for him in the inn? If we don't have the capacity to allow him to enter in? Because I'm sorry, Lord, my house is messy. My house is filled with all these superficial things of this world, and I can't allow you to enter in. So then how do we begin to purge spiritually? How do we begin to get rid of all this junk of our lives? How do we make sure that our house is clean and nice and neat so that not just the exterior of it is clean, but interiorly there is room for him to dwell? It begins with the sacrament of reconciliation. We come to understand our brokenness, our frailty, our weakness, and we come to seek the Lord, asking him to help me be better because these things around me are not helping me to come seek you but I need you I want you and I want you to help me want you more and as we grow in that we build off of that which then challenges us to deepen our prayer life we clean now the house is empty organized we have to begin to put in the important things. We can begin to fill it with more clutter, but we're not going to get to able to admire the beauty and appreciate how clean the house was. But it's through the deepening of our prayer life do we come to appreciate where God has been in our life, how he's walked with us in our life, and where he's challenging us to grow, to be, to do, but how do we do that? Our world today challenges us and forces us to go fast pace. We wake up in the morning, we get ready for work, we go to work, we go home, we eat with our family, we clean up, we go to bed. Every day, just like that, just like clockwork. But then we begin to ask ourselves, where did the day, where did the day go? Where did the week go? And all of a sudden we've blown through December already and we're at January. The world teaches us to go quickly from one thing to the other. But the Lord then invites us to then slow down. As the world speeds up, we need to slow down even more. Admire the, the beauty, smell the roses, feel the fresh breeze. To be able to do so, we must, we must spend time in prayer, in meditation, in reflection. Because as the world runs, we slow down. To give ourselves that time that we need to see Christ, to find Christ, to seek Christ when we don't see him, when we struggle to find him in our daily life. And finally, prepare ourselves with love and generosity. This time of year, we begin to get into this mentality and the world adds to this mentality of me, me, me. It's all about me. Where's my gift? Give me, give me, give me. But instead, the true preparation is not about me, but it's about the other. How do I love the other? 
How am I generous to the other? Because look at it this way. Why do we give gifts? It's, about, it's not about the cost of the gift. It's not about the value of the gift. We should be giving gifts because it's out of our generosity. It stems from our love of who first? The Son of God, Jesus Christ. The good news he's about to proclaim to us, the good news that St. Mark is about to share with us in this cycle. Because of my life, because of my prayer life, because of my cleansing, I come to recognize and realize the generosity, the blessing he has bestowed upon me, and therefore I want to share that generosity with others. It is because he has loved me in my imperfection, in my brokenness, in my weakness, so now I want to share it with you. That gift, therefore, becomes a physical manifestation, a physical representation of my love and my generosity to you. It's not because I have to get you a gift. It's not because I want to show you how much I can spend on you. But the fact is, I love you enough, I care about you enough, and you're so valuable to me that I want to make sure you know that you are loved, you are cared for, and therefore I give you that gift. So how do we recognize that love, that generosity that God has given us so that we can continue to give to others, to share to others? Because this time of year is not about me and what I get for Christmas, but the fact is how much more can I give to others? How can I extend kindness, love, compassion, generosity to everyone I encounter? Not just those I love, not just those I care about, but everyone I encounter. So that we can embody the love of Christ. So that when people see us, they see Christ in and through us. So that when we say we are Christians, they see Christ in our words, our actions, and our deeds. And when we build all these things up, our life, our way of life, the way we live is transformed and changed forever. And that we are allowing Christ to dwell, remain, and be a part of our life. We begin to unite ourselves in the love of Christ. It's not hard it's not difficult, but it takes effort. This Advent season, my dear brothers and sisters, is an invitation for us not to just superficially prepare, not to wait till the last minute to gather everything together. It's not our time to run to confession five minutes before Christmas Eve Mass, needing confession. But it is an invitation for us to begin now. It's not going to be easy. It takes effort. It takes working on. It takes building on these things. It takes the time to reflect, to meditate, to pray. So let us begin now, my dear brothers and sisters. Let us not let this Advent and this Christmas just blow through away and disappear on us. But let us prepare our minds, our hearts, our spirit for Christ's coming. So that when Christ comes, we see, like St. Mark, the good news, the joy that he has, the excitement he has in writing this gospel for us to see 
how God has worked in his life. Because he wants that same thing for us. And Christ became man because he wants that for each and every one of us. He will wait at the door knocking to enter in. So let us not wait. Let us not be caught off guard. Let us prepare today and await his coming in glory. Allow him to enter our hearts daily and prepare ourselves for Christ's coming this Christmas. Amen.